Hello and welcome to the River and Panhandle's weekly podcast. We are so excited that you are tuning in for this week's message. Before we get started, there are a few things that we would love for you to do. Share it, subscribe, and rate the podcast. So the message is about to begin. We hope that you are encouraged and that you always remember, no role is insignificant. Every life matters and go out and make a difference. is for them to know the Lord. So all my messages, everything that we do is like, okay, what aspect of God is being shown? How can we learn? How can we grow? What, what, where maybe some things they don't understand yet. How can we help them to know God more, to, to dig into that character? And I mean, as adults, we know that is a, that's a lifetime journey. <laughs> that is not four years in high school. That's a lifetime journey. I mean, us adults, we're still digging into the beautiful characteristics of God. Uh, so it's a long time, but we, we dig in. We want to know God. We want to know Him. We don't want to, I don't want them to borrow my relationship with the Lord. I want them to have their own relationship with the Lord. It's not their relationship with their parents um, and the Lord. It's not the relationship with the Lord and their youth pastor or in the Pastor Brent. It's, it's their relationship with the Lord. It's not mine. It's theirs. So I encourage that. Mm, do it yourself. <laughs> Our other goal with the student ministry is for them to challenge themselves to grow, to really be about it, to really walk the walk, to not just come here on Wednesday nights and get filled up with all this knowledge, but to really go, to really change, to really be a blessing, to serve people, to do things, to, to really walk out in that change, to be transformed by the word and to really live that out. So I, I tell them every Wednesday, let's challenge ourselves to grow. We do that with things like Generation Takeover, where they're growing in their God-given gifts, or where they get up on stage and they, they worship, or they, we have kids on the, the tech team, we have kids that were doing greeters, we have kids doing online hosting, hello, Allies. Uh, they're a little bit everywhere. And so we just want to challenge them to step into those things. And uh, last and most importantly, we want them to be family. We want them to have a community of like-minded students so that when, they, when they're in chemistry class or when they're out on the football field, there's a, a, there's a family vibe, there's a familiar face that's like, okay, like, I know you love the Lord too. Like, I need you to help me um, and pray. Like, people to hold you accountable, people that you can pray with, people uh, just to have fun and be goofy with, let's be real, uh, just to make friends, to be family, to be family. And I tell that to the kids all the time. Sometimes family is a little crazy, so we play games. We like to have fun. Uh, we love the Lord, and um, doing ministry doesn't have to be always so stoic and so serious. There are those moments, and they're beautiful. And they're powerful. Um, but there's a lot of joy in ministry as well. Do children's ministry. Do student ministry. And you'll see what I'm talking about. There's a lot of joy in doing ministry and being in the presence of God with students. And that's part of that. Is we have fun. We be family. <laughs> so this isn't about me. This is about the students. So I'm going to get off of here. Enough of me. I'm going to introduce Blake Reed. Come on up here, girly. She's our youngest one. I don't want to steal too much of her thunder. She's going to introduce herself. But she's our youngest one here, and she's going to start us off. And, uh, yeah, enough of me. I'll let them do their thing. You ready, girlfriend? I'll get her Bible ready. Here we go. I'll procrastinate a little bit longer. Looking good out there, folks. <laughs> Looking good. 
<laughs> I mean, the first time I did this kind of thing when I was a student, I think my heart was about to jump out of my throat. It was beating so hard. I think I was like about to go into like a heart attack mode. <laughs> All right, you're going to do great. You ready? Hi, my name is Blake. I'm going to be doing a speech for you today. So I like to start off strong. My speech is about fears and how God comes through. So I feel like fears are the devil's language. Like, for example, I'm really afraid of, I don't want, I'm really afraid of pain and death. Like, I don't want to die, but I know when I do, I'll go to heaven. And when you feel pain, it'll eventually come to a stop. The, the devil doesn't want you to know that. The devil doesn't want you to know that there's light at the end of the road and that there's, golden gates waiting on you. There's God, Jesus, angels, and the Holy Spirit waiting on you. The devil's main goal is to get in your head, and when he does, he makes you think of the things that you fear most. And listen to what my mom had to say about that. She said, replace those thoughts with Bible scriptures. So I chose Matthew 4.10. It says, away from me, Satan, for it is written to worship the Lord your God and serve him only. What I personally like about Matthew 4.10 is it says, for it is written. That's basically saying, here, here's proof. Another thing that I would like to talk about is my favorite story out of the Bible is Matthew chapter 9. I'm going to read part of this. Jesus stepped into a boat, crossed over, and came to his own town. Some men brought him a paralyzed man lying on the mat. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the man, take heart, son, your sins are forgiven. At this, some of the teachers of the law said to themselves, this fellow is blaspheming. Knowing their thoughts, Jesus said, why do you entertain evil thoughts in your mind and in your hearts? Which is easier, to say your sins are forgiven or to say get up and walk? But I want you to know that Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, get up, take your mat, and go home. When the man got up and went home, when the crowd saw this, they were filled with awe, and they praised God, who had given such authority to man. The reason why I like this so much is it shows what God and Jesus can do and how he comes through with what he says he's going to do. When Jesus says, grab your mat and go home, the man actually does it. And, like, paralyzed means you can't walk for the rest of your life in this case. But what Jesus did was a big miracle, a time where Jesus and God's words impacted my life was I had a problem with a student respecting my boundaries. This made me feel very uncomfortable, and this really damaged my relationship with the student. I really didn't want to forgive, but then I thought about how God says to forgive. Matthew 18, 21 through 22 says, Jesus said, I tell you not seven times, but 77. The part where I didn't want to forgive was the devil saying, hold a grudge, hold a grudge against her. You shouldn't trust her again where I started thinking you should forgive her, was God. That's where God acted in my life and pushed the devil out of the situation. He helped me overcome a fear I didn't even know I had, the devil. Just know God is our victory, and we have already conquered the devil because we're standing above him right now. Thank you for, thank you for listening. Here's Jake Hammer. It'll be just a second. I've got a bunch of stuff to unwrap.
one more. <laughs> Hi, Mike. Alrighty, so like she said, my name is Jake Hammer, and whenever Naomi told me that I got the speaking part, I was a little bit nervous at first, but now that I'm up here, it's not that big of a deal. So let's knock this out of the park. So what my sermon is named is Trials and Tribulations. Because I know personally from my life experience, no matter what you're going through, no matter what your situation is, there will always be trials and tribulations. And so I'm here to kind of preach my testimony and explain the need and the want for hope. Because that's, that's something that myself, I struggle with. And so without further ado, let's get into it. So I lived here whenever I was just born. I was born here at BSA. We went and moved whenever I was about nine months old. My mom said, I'm never moving back to this place. I'm never moving back to Panhandle. <laughs> and all of my life, I grew up and we would come and visit Panhandle, come visit my grandma, family, some of my uncles, whether I wanted to or not. But we would come up here and we would have the funnest times. We were up here in 2017 and we were driving through Panhandle and my brother and I were sitting in the back seat and my dad was just telling us stories of, oh, so-and-so used to live there, he used to do that, we used to be really good friends, I haven't seen him in a long time, telling us about his life whenever he lived here at Panhandle. And Tack and I were thinking, and we asked him, we said, well, why don't we just move back into Grandma's house? And he said these words, and I'll never forget them. He said, sons, I would have loved that, but we have to have faith. From that point on, we had hope, and we had faith. Throughout all of that, from 2017, and it was my brother and I, it was our dream to move back to Panhandle and to live in my grandma's house, to go to school here at Panhandle. We admired this town. Well, about 2020, as everybody knows, COVID happened. And it affected our family more because my mom had stage three breast cancer at the time. Well, it was a very difficult moment for our family because our leader, our, our person who was always there, the shoulder to cry on, was either in a hospital or in her bed stick to her stomach. It was very challenging for my family, but we had faith. Throughout all of that, we had faith. It didn't matter how much at a time we had, but we had faith. What was it? 2021 that you were declared cancer-free? Thank God. But that was a very difficult time for our family. And as weird as it sounds, it brought us closer together. We were, I grew up my entire life having the pleasure of taking care of my grandparents. And it just, they were always there to give us rides to ball games, to take us to school. 
And yeah, they more, take, they more took care of us than we took care of them. But it was just absolutely amazing how through all the difficult times, we had faith and it brought us together more than ever. Well, here in 2021, no, 2022, I'm sorry. I knew that we were getting near the thought of moving and we were sitting in my driveway and my dad told me that I was going to have a new school, Panhandle. I had a million thoughts rushing through my head. Am I going to lose all of my friends from my old school? Am I going to fit in? Am I going to be able to plug into a good church? Is this the right move for us? It just, my hope for four years now has come true, and I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know if that's what I wanted anymore. Well, we moved, and I'm glad that we did. And one thing that I missed from Oklahoma was my grandparents. Well, there was a house that opened up. They snatched it, and now they're living here with us at Panhandle. And so even though we lived 110, something like that, miles apart, we, we were still close. We talked on the daily basis, and we had hope that they were going to be able to move to this amazing town. And here they are. Well, about three, two, three months ago, we had another cancer scare with my mother. She had a new doctor here at Amarillo, and we didn't know it was going to happen. She went in scans and found a, ma- a bunch of masses of scarred tissue that what we didn't know about. And we immediately thought the worst. It's happened before. The chances of it happening again are better. We were freaking out. We didn't know what to do. We were in a dark place. But we had hope. Our church, y'all are amazing. We still have food in the freezer from when y'all brought it over there whenever my mom was recovering from surgery. Y'all are absolutely amazing, and I I cannot thank y'all enough for this. But she went through the surgery, and about two-ish weeks later, we got the word cancer-free. And I was procrastinating, of course, if you know anything about me, and I put, quote, cancer removed like 20 minutes before I got up here in my notes. I think that that's just so powerful. But in the week of my mother's recovery, my grandpa, my papa, his health started declining very rapidly. We took him to the local clinic here in town And they said, we'll save you the money of an ambulance ride if you promise just to not stop and just take him to the hospital. He got scans done the next day, stage four cancer. We were devastated. We didn't know what to do. We were were freaking out. (laughs) I mean, that was one of my biggest role models in my life. And after school, I was having to go up to the hospital and watch him die away on a hospital bed. That was difficult. About two weeks later, Christmas rolled around, 
we put him into hospice care there in Amarillo. We, we didn't have any other options. We were going to make his life better when it lasted. And we went home, got supper at a 7-Eleven, and we went home and we opened presents, and we acted happy, but we had hope. We knew that no matter when my grandpa was going to pass, he would be with God. He would be in the Lord's hands. The day after Christmas, my grandpa passed away. And we were devastated, to say the least. So we were all just sitting at the house. We were confused. We didn't know what our next step was, but we had hope. We knew that it would play out in the long run. A story that came to my mind was David and Goliath. Whenever the Lord told David, you're going to go and kill Goliath, I bet that he wasn't like, oh, okay, let me go pick up a rock. I bet that he was scared, like, I, like any of us would be. But he had hope. He knew, this is my Lord, this is my shepherd. He will protect me, and he will not lead me astray. And he went out there and slayed the giant Goliath. Another verse that came to mind was Matthew 17, 20 through 22. It said, he said to them, because of your little faith, for truly, I say to you, if you have the faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to here, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Mustard seed, super tiny. If you just have the faith, if you just have the thought of faith, you can move mountains. Anything can happen if you have faith. So I would just kind of like to wrap up, and if you take anything out of my rambling here today, it would be don't lose faith. Don't lose hope. Gather with your family. Tell them you love them. Don't take your time for granted. And now I would like to introduce Victor Jones to absolutely bring the house down with his sermon. Dude, that's amazing. Like, I've got the pleasure to hear that, like his testimony, like three times now, and I, it, it doesn't get old. It's like one of those really good Disney movies you just can't stop watching. <laughs> you just have to keep watching it. Uh, I'm thankful. I'm so glad that I got to come up here today because a few weeks ago, God really put something on my heart, and it was during a Wednesday night, actually, and... Uh, we have, so we go into worship, and after that, we have this thing, uh, we have 10 minutes of quiet time, so, and usually there's a rack of Bibles over there, so you, you can go and grab a Bible, and that's what I, I went up to go and grab one, and I grabbed this one, and if you notice, it's red, it's, the spine's torn up, it's, it's, it's broken, it's a broken Bible, and I picked it up, and I was about to put it back. I was going to put it right back down where I picked it up. But God was like, no, 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 no. It's still a Bible. 
It still has everything. It still has my knowledge. I open it up, and it's the words are perfect. Nothing about it is broken on the inside. And a lot of times, I feel like we are we're like this Bible. We're broken. We have depression, anxiety, anything. Like you could have had a like a traumatic experience. Anything. Like Jake went through a hard time, like his family went through a hard time. I'm sure there was times where they felt broken. And being broken is not a bad thing. It is not bad. <laughs> a lot of times I feel like we, we don't normalize the fact that being broken is something that always happens. And a lot of times as people, we go up to those people that are broken and we see that and we're like, no, 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 I don't want to... I don't want to talk to you. I don't want to be your friend. Like, I was about to put this Bible back. God was like, no, it's a perfectly good Bible. When we go up to someone, they are a perfectly good person. God is still inside of them. God still loves them. God would never forsake that person, so why should we? Why should we go up to someone else and be like, oh, you're normal? <laughs> normal. Hate that word. What does normal mean? <laughs> All right. I want to open up my Bible to... Oh, hold on. I need to pull up my notes. Uh, it's Deuteronomy. All right. Open your Bible up to Deuteronomy 31, chapter 6, verse 8. All right. And God said... The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. We need to know that God will never forsake us, no, how, no matter how broken we feel. God will always never forsake you. He will always love you. He will cradle you up like a baby. God loves us. And knowing that, we should never do that. We should be... We should do what God says. Because in 1 Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 21, it says, Through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, and so your faith... No, that's the wrong one. Oh, that's 121. To this you were called because Christ suffered for you, leaving you an example that you should follow in his steps. So therefore, like right there, God calls us, Jesus calls us to follow him, to be like him. So if God would never forsake us, that, that means that we should never do that. That calls us to never forsake anyone because God would never forsake us. And I know everyone would never want to be rejected by people because People are with us every day. We have to deal with people all the time. So no one wants to be forsaken. So let's not forsake. Because Jesus, he hung out with the people that were broken. He hung out with the tax collectors. He and his disciples were like, why are you doing this? And they were like, and Jesus was like, why not? 
they're the people that need me. <laughs> yeah, let's turn to Mark, Mark 2.17. Hopefully I don't get this one wrong. All right, on hearing this, Jesus said to them, it is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but the sinners. Because a lot of times it's the sinners that are broken. And sometimes they don't even realize that they're broken. The tax collectors were, they were the broken ones. They needed Jesus. They didn't know they needed Jesus. But God knew that they needed him and they were the only way that they were ever going to get anywhere in life. So we need to just, we need to reach out to people. Because people need someone in their life. Like, I remember, because I've, I've gone through a dark stage in my life, and uh, there was times where people, some people didn't want to talk to me. I felt weird. I felt like an outcast. But the thing is, is God, God didn't forsake me. And there was, sometimes I questioned whether he was. And a lot of times, us as people, we do that. Is God going to forsake us? Does God love us? Read the Bible, like this, the verse, it says, he will never forsake us. And right there, that's the truth. God will never forsake us. And I just want to close this up. Man, I'm so glad that I got to come up here and just pour my heart out because, oh. Thank you. This was, uh, I would like to uh, welcome up the next speaker, Chloe Lewis. Good morning, guys. Hello, my name is Chloe Lewis. I'm a senior and I am 17 years old. Today, my message is called Just Fight Through. I want to tell you why it's so important to trust God and what he has to offer in your life. I want to start off with this metaphor that I love. Some of you may have heard it, some of you may have not. It's called the buffaloes and the cows. So the buffaloes and the cows both sense when a storm is about to come. Cows will start to run from the storm. Think as the storm as your battles in life. The, the cows will run because they, they, they want nothing to do with the storm. Yep, yep. Nothing to do with the storm. They just keep wanting to run because you, they think running is best. Yes, they are tired, but running just seems better than pushing through. As for the buffaloes, they do the total opposite. They run straight towards the storm. Buffaloes don't want to hold this hurt, struggle, fear any longer than they have to. So this, they, they decide it's best to run straight through it, ready for whatever happens next. What the cows don't see is how beautiful the other side of the storm was, but the buffaloes did. They got to see that fighting through their battles, they got to see the sunshine, the green grass, the flowers, all of it that was created after the storm passed. God doesn't want us to run from our hurt, our struggles, our fears. He wants us to power through them knowing he is on your side. I know all of us at one point in life have been in a position where you, you have had a hard time 
You've questioned God why, and you just feel like life is going down. I want to share a story where I had had so much fear, and I questioned God why. December 2022 was a very scary season in my life. We got a call around 4 in the morning that one of our dear friends, who was more like family, was getting airlifted to the hospital. Her fighting for her life, we were all scared. Me and my mom were over at her house in less than three minutes from receiving the call. Looking at the state she was in, all I knew is that we needed to start praying then. Standing outside watching her, I prayed to God to save her and to take his healing hand and place it over her. I had a doctor's appointment that same day in Lubbock, afraid that was going to be the last time we were going to see her. I prayed, praying harder than I ever thought I could. Driving to Lubbock, all we wanted was a sign that she was going to be okay. It's now around lunchtime, so we stopped to eat at Burger King in Lubbock. We go in, we order our food, we sit down, and then, go, and then we go to start eating. There was other people in there, talking, kids messing around, so on. Well, over the noise, we heard a worship song starting to play. Me, my mom, and sister all started listening around the same time, looking at each other. The verse of the words brought tears to our eyes. The song we heard was called, Same God. All the, and the verse that we heard was, Oh God, my God, I need you. Oh God, my God, I need you, how I need you now. Then said, you answered prayers then, and you will now. You are the same God. That's when, you, that's when we knew she was going to be okay, that God heard our prayer and gave us a sign. For a straight week, she was fighting for her life on a ventilator in the ICU. Two days later, she was in a regular room, regular room with just oxygen and was able to talk and drink. A week later, she is home and spent time with her family and was healed by Jesus from near death to being home in a week. You can't say God wasn't finished with her story. I felt like I could breathe again, but the same night she got home, I found out a friend I used to go to school with passed away. The next day, the girls from Fritch also passed away. The next day, my nanny sister was supposed to come over from England to spend the holidays with us. Heading to the airport, she got shoved off the road by a semi and ended up crashing into a tree, not making her able to come here. I just felt like nothing was going right, like I was on this roller coaster that was never going to stop. I was scared of what was going to happen next. I questioned God why. God why this? God why that? God why? Isaiah 43 2 says, when you go through deep waters, I'll be with you. The Bible talks about this guy named Gideon. God appeared to this Israelite named Gideon. God said if he was going to free Israel, he was going to free Israelites with, God, with Gideon's help. Gideon questioned God and tested him. Gideon said, if the fleece is wet but the ground is dry, then I know you will help me. So God did just that. Gideon asked God to do the opposite the next day, make the fleece dry and the ground wet, and God did it. Gideon was convinced God was in his corner, so Gideon got together an army to fight against the Midianites. Well, having many is a good thing when it comes to battle, but God does things a little differently. He told Gideon that the Israelites had way too many soldiers. God wanted Gideon to have a smaller army, so he did what God asked, God told Gideon to tell them if they were afraid to go home, leaving Gideon with 10,000 after 22,000 had left. Even that was still too big. God told Gideon to take down the soldiers to the stream, and whoever drank like a dog, to send them home. Gideon was then left with 300 soldiers. Gideon gave all his men a trumpet and a jar with a torch inside. 
They went into action, blew the horns, and smashed the jars and shouted, A sword for the Lord and Gideon. And God saved Israel by using Gideon. Gideon was scared. He was afraid. He tested God. But in the end, he trusted what God had to do to help him save Israel. He trusted God's plan. I want to come to the end by saying, trust what God's doing with your life. Trust that you can fight through your storm. The Bible says, do not be afraid 365 times. So every day, don't be afraid of what will happen next. Don't be afraid of your storm coming. God woke you up today because he's not finished with your story. Keep fighting, keep pushing, and know God will make the other side of your storm better than what you had before. Thank you. And now I want to introduce Kylie Kavaleski. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, hi guys. Like she said, my name's Kylie Kavaleski. Um, unlike Jake said, I was nervous before I came up here, and now seeing that there's like a billion eyes in here, I'm even more nervous. <laughs> so I'm terrible at public speaking, so we're just going to jump right into it. Um, testimonies prove that our God is still a miracle-working God and that we can trust his word. It encourages us in times of disencouragement. Having a testimony is okay, but almost everybody has a testimony. What makes a testimony so powerful is when you share it, because sharing our testimonies with others about God's goodness, we over... Sharing our testimonies with others about God's goodness helps us overcome doubt, strengthen our faith, and invite others to partake in God's goodness. And that's exactly what I plan on doing up here this morning. I have never shared my testimony, and it's not going to be easy, so please just bear with me. I'm going to start off from the very beginning. If y'all don't know, I have an amazing family. I have amazing parents. I've always grown up in a Christian home. I've never had a problem with what I was hearing, and I've never not believed anything that anybody's ever told me about God. As a matter of fact, I was baptized on Easter Sunday of 2017 with one of my good friends, and ever since then, we've walked this uh, path from God together. Um, but God sent me through a trial of faith years ago. Basically, to keep the story short, I was being a dumb, bored teenager, like we all have at some point in life. I made a poor decision, ended up getting ran over by a car. I know, I know, what an idiot. Trust me, I've heard it all. <laughs> but just hold on, because this is where the story gets good. Because my God, my God is good. Having faith in difficult times can allow you to find peace in God's presence. When I was put into the ambulance, I was not okay by any means. But I had many churches that called emergency gatherings to pray for me. The principal pulled all the students in the auditorium to pray for me, and I even faintly remember a few people stopping into the emergency room to pray for me. In Philippians 4, 6, 7, Paul says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. When the ambulance arrived to the emergency room, there was absolutely no damage done to me, minus a few scrapes, bruises, and a little minor concussion. How is that possible? How is it possible that a little girl who was brutally thrown, slammed, and ran over by a car, a little girl who was put into an ambulance screaming in agonizing pain, a little girl 
who remembers crying in the helicopter to the ER, wondering if she'd ever get to tell her family how much she loves them again. How is it possible that that little girl got to walk out of the hospital less than 12 hours later, hardly damaged? But I think that we all know the answer to that one, because that would be God. Because my God and all of our God is good. He is good. Isaiah 43, 10, 12 says, Besides me, there is no other God. There never was and never will be. I alone am the Lord, the only one who can save you. I predicted that would happen, and then I came to your aid. I am a firm believer that in that very moment of my life, if I didn't have all those people praying for me, if I didn't have a relationship with God, and if I didn't know that my Father loves me, then I would not be up here sharing my story with all of you today. The fact that I am up here is not luck, because I don't really think that luck is a thing. The reason that I am up here sharing my story with y'all is a pure miracle, and I thank God every single day for it. If you've been sleeping through the whole message, just open your eyes for one second and hear this one thing. Whether or not we can experience our sense or sense God, He is always there with us in our trouble. His presence is an objective fact even in times when we cannot feel Him. This is why we pray, this is why we stay in the Word, and this is why we seek the Holy Spirit. This house supports and empowers you to continue. I don't know if y'all have ever heard the story of Jonah, but I think that I can relate to him in many ways. The story of Jonah and the whale is about a Hebrew prophet named Jonah, whose God commands to travel to the great city of Nineveh to preach repentance to his inhabitants because of their wickedness. Jonah instead refuses God's mission and tries to escape by boarding a ship traveling in the opposite direction. During his sea journey, a great storm appears and Jonah is thrown overboard and swallowed by a whale. He remains in the belly of the whale for three days and nights until he asks God for forgiveness. Jonah was rescued and completed his mission to Nineveh with some reluctance. I say that I relate to Jonah in many ways because before I got my testimony, I may have been baptized and I may have gone to church twice a week and believed in God, but I didn't let that follow me outside of church. I was scared to tell my friends about God because I didn't want to get made fun of, and we all know how small towns are. There's not, you can't really let people know every single thing about you. So I kept that in my heart, and I only let myself show God and talk about God at church. But after that happened to me, and I knew how good my God really was, things had changed. So like Jonah, God told him to do this, and he said, no, I don't want to. Well, then he got thrown into the ocean. Then when he apologized and told God that he changed his mind, God pulled him out of the depths of the sea and gave him another chance, just like God did me. Um, God came for me in that dark hole that I was in and pulled me out to freedom. The moral of the story of Jonah isn't about the consequence of showing disobedience to God. The story shows us that God's love, grace, and compassion extend to everyone, even the wicked who we don't believe are worthy of salvation. Jonah didn't believe that God's judgment towards the people of Nineveh was fair. He thought that Nineveh was full of sinners, unworthy of redemption. But God disagreed because God loves all humanity, even the bad. Romans 12.21 says, Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. 
I may have been put through a trial of faith, but that has only made me stronger. I may have questioned what God was doing to me, but now I get it. And I may have felt like God left me during that time, but he has never left nor forsaken me. Do not let a hard time push you away from Christianity, but let it help you grow in the relationship with God. Even though we let down God occasionally, he will always forgive us because he is full of unlimited love, compassion, and grace. I want to close by saying this. When God gives you another chance to fulfill your mission, seize it. That's the time to focus on God's unique calling for your life, and that's why I wake up every day and choose to continue following Jesus. 2 Corinthians 6.1 says, Since we are God's co-workers, we urge you not to let God's kindness be wasted on you. Thank you. I'm blown away. I, I don't know about you. I... Me and Brent, we'll just take the next month off or whatever, and y'all can come up here. And No, um, but in all for realness, I'm very proud of all of you guys. Very good. Yes. Um, worship team, if you'll start shuffling on up here, I also want to take this opportunity to thank all the mentors that come on Wednesday nights. Um, we have a lot of them, and they sacrifice time with their family, and I know they're busy bees with their own jobs, and they still come up on Wednesday nights. Um, so I'm going to call your name and just stand up and give a good wave or whatever. Uh, Chloe and Cannon Martin, Brittany Porter, Vika Bertrand, Dustin Copenhaver, Tatiana and Riley Graham, Jake Childers, Jason Foreman and Malia Graham, Tori Durst, and last but not least, uh, Dawson Hackett. Uh, when you're, go ahead and give them a round of applause. These people are awesome. Yes. <clears throat> yes. I meant for y'all to stay standing. It's all right, though, but whatever. All these are great people. They come on Wednesday nights, and we get to love on these students. Um, thank you for sending your students. We love getting to hang out with them. As you can see, it's an honor. There's a great joy with it. Um, I, I do want to take this opportunity to give my husband a special thank you because it can be very uh, hard when you're a spouse's your spouse to somebody who's in ministry because you get voluntold a lot. You don't really get much of a say. You just kind of do the thing. You go to camp. You do the all night. You let kids in your house whether you want them there or not. Like you're just kind of voluntold all the time. And if some something's shorthanded, the spouse is the one that does it. So thank you for being everything, my best friend, and for yeah, being voluntold. I appreciate you. It's a selfless job. I love my husband very much. Anyway, before I start crying. Uh, these are my kids. They're amazing. I don't want to say too much. I let them speak for themselves. They're amazing. So if you ever are curious about Wednesday nights and you want to tag along with us, let me know and we can talk and try to get something figured out. We also have kitchen team. So if you're like, oh, kids are scary, that's fine. There's kitchen team too. There's nursery. There's all sorts of things. But um, thank y'all so much. I hope you were blessed by their messages. As you can see, even the like the young, the, the age has nothing to do with it. These kids really have very powerful gifts inside of them. They walk through real trials. They walk. They walk through real issues, um, and they do it with the Lord. And they testify to God's goodness. And it doesn't matter how old you are. They're using their gifts, and they're they're walking with the Lord. Um, but yeah. So if you will, go ahead and stand up with us, and we're going to continue to worship. If maybe something the student said just struck a nerve, we have um, ministry 
Uh, we have prayer people who are going to be here in the corners, and they're happy to pray with you. If something just, you know, um, go ahead and get prayer. Uh, go war with them, and they want to take uh, go to the Lord with you. But without further ado, let's worship. And that's this week's message. We hope that you are encouraged and inspired. If you would like to join our online campus and experience the service as it happens live, go follow us on Facebook or YouTube by searching The River in Panhandle, Texas. Have an amazing and blessed week.